Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you. Uh, great to welcome you to Providence Church. I uh, hope that uh, you feel very welcome here. I know we have a guest here with us, and we're just so thankful that each of you are here. My name is Jacob Armstrong. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, yeah, just thrilled to be with you, online worshipers. I know we got a bunch of you guys joining us live right now. Uh, thanks for joining us. I want to get going uh, by just uh, reminding you of a couple things that are upcoming. Our Christmas services will be on Friday and Saturday, the 23rd and the 24th. You'll see there's five services over those couple of days, and we would just love for you to attend. It's one of our favorite times of, of the year and a great time for you to bring uh, your friends, your family that may be in town, your neighbors. Uh, we're seeking to make room for everybody. In fact, on your chairs are a little invitation card that we'd love for you to take out of here when you leave. It's a way just for you to see uh, those times, uh, a way for you to register your attendance for the service. That helps us plan for those nights if you'll let us know when you guys are coming. But I would love for you to take that card and pray about inviting someone to join us on, uh, on Christmas Eve or, or the night before. We find that a lot of new people come to church uh, at Christmas services, maybe uh, more than any other night uh, of the year. Uh, but the number one reason people will come is because you invited them. So I'd love for you to be intentional in inviting someone to come. Our offering that night is the biggest offering that we have of the year, always by far, and we give 100% of it away. So it's just a really exciting offering to know uh, where it's going and exactly what it's going to do. And so we have two partners this year for our Christmas offering. The first is Barry Tatum Academy, and the other is Compassionate Hands. Barry Tatum Academy is one of our Wilson County schools, uh, uh, but one that maybe you have haven't heard of. It is the uh, alternative adult high school and virtual high school for Wilson County. And what we're seeking to do this year is to show some students and adults in our community that are often forgotten that they are dearly loved, uh, that we believe in a good future for them, and that we want to invest greatly in them. So there's all kinds of cool ways that we're coming alongside of Barry Tatum. We hope to build an outdoor classroom there, outfit them with a washer and dryer, a place for clothes, food. But really, this is, uh, I think, the only school in Wilson County that does not have a PTO. Uh, and we want to be their PTO. We want to be the people that they can rely on that say, we believe in a good future for you. Compassionate Hands is the place in Wilson County for our, our neighbors who are without homes during this time, during these cold winter months. Uh, two years ago, you guys gave $184,000 to help build uh, the Compassionate Hands, or to purchase the Compassionate Hands building. And this year, they have plans for expansion, for the growth of the ministry. And we want to make another large financial investment in a place that's taking care of people who are outside uh, during the winter time. That's that has a lot to do with what Christmas is all about. So I just want you to know about that. What I want you to do, if you're a regular tender here, a member, I want you to start praying about um, what you would give sacrificially on Christmas night. And, and talk about it amongst your family. Talk about it with the kids so you can come on Christmas ready uh, for God to do a really big, uh, really big thing that night. Our scripture today is Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. I'm reading to you from the message version, which is a paraphrase of the scriptures, but um, I just really like the way that it's written here. Um, so you can, it may be a little harder to read along in your Bible if you're looking at it, but it'll, it'll be up on the screen. Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country, straight to Zachariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leaped. She was filled with the Holy Spirit and sang out exuberantly, You're so blessed among women, and the babe in your womb also blessed. And why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me? 
The moment the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the babe in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. Blessed woman who believed what God said, believed every word would come true. I love the way it starts. It says, uh, Mary didn't waste a minute. And, and what it's referring to is after the angel Gabriel has showed up to, to her in the, in, the, in the verses that had just come before, an angel has just spoken to Mary and told her this amazing thing was going to happen. It says, Mary didn't waste a minute after the angel showed up and told her she was going to be pregnant miraculously. But that's not the only thing that the angel Gabriel shared with Mary that day. He also said that your cousin Elizabeth is also pregnant in her advanced age. And so that was a nice way of saying she was an old lady, right? And, and she shouldn't have been having babies. And she was having a baby. So the news of Mary's pregnancy would have caught her by surprise, but also to learn Elizabeth is pregnant. And she didn't waste a minute to go and be with Elizabeth. It's the first thing she wanted to do was be with her cousin. And she hurried to Elizabeth's house 100 miles away. God gave Mary someone who would understand what she was going through. God gave her someone who would be with her from the get-go. No convincing needed. How? How would Elizabeth be convinced that what Mary was saying was true? I'll tell you, it was the convincing of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to talk to you some about this morning, the convincing of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes, this is the best and only way that we can uh, come to a place of belief. The only explanation for believing sometimes is just that God convinced us through his spirit. I've told you before, I have never convinced anyone in 20 years of amazing preaching. Uh, I have never convinced anyone to believe. I've never done that work. But the Holy Spirit is doing it right now. If not here, somewhere else. <laughs> The first person that I told that I, I felt called to be a pastor, so it's like I, I wasn't a pastor and then I felt God was telling me to be a pastor. The first person I told was Rachel, my wife. But we were not married at the time. We were 17 and 18. Now, we did get married at a scandalously young age, but we were not married yet at 17 and 18. And so I had had this experience a couple of months before where I actually felt God, I'd never had this happen before, I felt God speak through me these words. I was praying in silence by myself, and out of my mouth I said, God, I'm going to serve you as a pastor. I had never thought those words, much less said them out of my mouth. And I decided that I would not tell anyone. Until a couple of months later, it was just I couldn't hold it in, and I told Rachel. We were sitting outside of her house. She had this crazy thing called curfew. And uh, we, would, we would sit out there, remember, right until the moment. Don't do that, guys. Take her in a little bit earlier. But we would sit out there right until the moment. And I told her, I said, you're not going to believe this, but I, I think God called me to be a pastor. And she said, I knew something happened that night. And then she told me that she was with me in that. And then I told her, all right, but let's not tell anyone else in the hopes that maybe God would forget. But some months after that, I couldn't shake it. I know it sounds just this one thing that I felt God said to me, I couldn't, it was like it was burning in my bones. And I called my mom crying from my dorm room in college. Well, I was actually out in the hallway. I pulled the cord out into the hallway, closed the door on the cord. I didn't want my roommate to hear, 1998. 
And I told my mom, mom, you're not going to believe this, but I feel like God is calling me to be a pastor. And I thought if anyone could understand why that wasn't a good idea, it would be my mom. (laughs) I was a freshman, undeclared major at Middle Tennessee State University. I had told the banquet at my high school a few months earlier for graduating seniors when we were supposed to get up and say what we were going to do with our future. I had told them all that I was going to be a rock star. At this time, I had no theological training. I didn't even know what the word theological meant. I don't think that I had ever spent more than 10 minutes in the presence of a real life pastor. And here I was telling my mom that that's what God had told me I was supposed to be. And I needed her to tell me that I was crazy. I needed her to dismiss it. I needed her to say, move on. And instead she responded, I've known that since you were a little boy. And I thought, how could my mom say that? (laughs) And it turns out that the Holy Spirit had convinced her of the same thing before God ever told me. The Holy Spirit is a convincer, and I have seen it time and time again, that the Holy Spirit will convince you guys of things that don't make any sense outside of God. And then once you're convinced, you can't be convinced otherwise. I was talking to a couple recently here in our church, a young couple, and they had come to me to tell me that they felt called to foster children. And I'm sitting there listening to them, and I'm looking at them. They already had small children. They already have a lot going on. They, they both work full time. Once in school, uh, there's all these things going on. Thank good things they're doing for God. And all I could think of while they were talking was all the reasons that they probably really shouldn't do this. But then I realized, Oh, I can see it in their eyes. The Holy Spirit had already convinced them. We need to be open to the Holy Spirit convincing us of some things. Would you step into that with me this morning of just sorting to be sort of being open? Could God convince me of something? I remember going to eat lunch at the home of Bob and Marcia Carrizo in 2008 over in Del Webb across the street in Lake Providence. They were new to Mount Juliet. I had just moved back to start a new church and I had heard that they had helped start a church in Atlanta some years back. And I thought they would be prime candidates to help me start a church because I had no idea what I was doing. And so they knew that I was gonna ask them to, to come help start Providence Church. And they had me over to lunch to tell me no, okay? And I thought, Who throws a meal to tell somebody no? And the answer is Bob and Marcia Carrizo. And so I remember getting in the car after our great lunch. And all they had told me while we were in there was all the reasons they couldn't really help out. It's like they'd done it before. It was really hard. They'd moved here to retire, to relax. They kind of had different things in their mind. And I got in the car and I just started to chuckle because I knew the Holy Spirit was at work. I knew they didn't have a chance. And Marcia called me the next week, and she said, we're in. And I thought, how? The Holy Spirit had convinced them otherwise. Marcia was a member of our first church council, our first leadership team here, some of the building blocks of what this church became. She was in those meetings. Bob started the feeding ministry here. He was a part of that first red wagon rolling down the aisle in Stoner Creek Elementary when we put uh, food in a, a, a little cart there. And then Bob became on the board of the Mount Juliet Help Center. He became the chair of the board, and he was the key person, in my opinion, of building the new Mount Juliet Help Center that feeds thousands of people across our community. They have led countless people to Christ. Their spiritual fingerprints are all over this building. The Holy Spirit can be very convincing. 
That's how Elizabeth responded to Mary. Convincingly, it says, under the power of the Holy Spirit. These are terms we don't even use all that much, you know, or may not think about. But Elizabeth was just a normal person living her life, but the Holy Spirit came on her, and then she was a convincing person in Mary's life. And then the convincing leads to confirmation, what we'll call the confirmation of the Holy Spirit. I think this is the best part of this story, and maybe the reason that it's included in the scriptures, uh, because today Mary is famous the Blessed Virgin. Today, Mary's name is known worldwide. But at this point in the story, Mary was the only one who knew that God had told her that she was going to carry miraculously in her womb the next, the new, the very king of kings. And I imagine that every step she got away from Gabriel, you know, flying out of her bedroom window, that every step she got away, that moment that God had encountered her seemed less and less real. Did that really happen? An angel spoke to me. And so the first thing, Mary, Mary doesn't waste a minute, and she heads down south to where Elizabeth lives. Elizabeth lived about 80 miles away, but probably 100 miles on the trek that Mary would have taken. She would have most likely joined a caravan of people that traveled from the northern part of Israel down to Jerusalem, where Elizabeth lived in one of the southern suburbs of Jerusalem. It would have taken her probably five or six days to make the walk or maybe getting a ride on a donkey here or there, but she didn't waste a minute because she needed confirmation. Mary's meeting with Elizabeth becomes known as the visitation because Mary visits her cousin Elizabeth, but it's also because the Holy Spirit is visited upon them both. And that was just the confirmation that Mary needed. Elizabeth confirmed all that Mary had been told by the angel Gabriel without ever having been told by Mary. It was crazy. This is what Elizabeth says. Mary walks in the door and she says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the baby in your womb. Well, you want to know what the angel Gabriel had told Mary, you know, five or six days before back north up in Nazareth? This exact same thing. He had shown up out of nowhere and said, Mary, you are highly favored. You are a blessed woman. And you are going to carry in your womb the most blessed baby of all time. So Elizabeth confirms what God has told to Mary. So the Holy Spirit gives confirmation to Elizabeth. And then Elizabeth gives confirmation to Mary. That's how it works, guys, most of the time. The Holy Spirit says to Elizabeth, you have this word. And Elizabeth shares it with Mary, and it is a confirming word for her. There was this older lady in my church growing up, a deeply spiritual woman, a woman of prayer. Her name was Rosalie. And every strong church that I've encountered since then has older women who are deeply spiritual, who are women of prayer, who uh, you know, don't serve on any committees. They wouldn't dare waste their time with that. They rarely interject sort of into the business of the church. But sometimes when asked or when prompted, they will tell you what God is doing in the church and sometimes even in the lives of people in the church. Um, we have them here. So just be on caution when I might walk up to you. Rosalie told my mom when I was in third grade, she said, keep an eye on Jacob. I believe that he may be called to be a pastor. I had done something like Levi did this morning where I came up before the church and said something or did something. Well, do you know what my mom did with that word? She stored it in her heart. And I didn't know that that word was said until I called my mom crying from the dorm room. <laughs> Sorry. And she, for me, uh, provided confirmation in the spirit that my mom said, hey, 
when you were a little boy, Miss Rosalie said that you were called. And do you know what I did from that moment? I never looked back. But I don't think I ever would have done it, become a pastor, if Rachel hadn't said, I'm with you, if my mom hadn't said, you heard God right, and if Miss Rosalie hadn't said, I think there might be something up with that boy. Confirmation in the spirit is a very important part of following Jesus because you may hear some crazy stuff in your life and some of it is going to be crazy stuff, right? It's not all going to be from God. And so we're like, how do I know? How do I know where I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do? And the answer is confirmation. It's why the church is so important. That's why other people speaking into your life is so important. Confirmation is what Mary got from Elizabeth. She said, oh, yeah, Mary, you heard God right. And Mary's like, are you sure? And Elizabeth's like, yes, I'm pregnant too. It was crazy. And Mary never looked back. And then something else happens to Mary in this moment. I think one of the best gifts of the Spirit, maybe not the main thing that happened, but I think a really great part of this moment, and that is consolation what I'll call the consolation of the Holy Spirit. I do believe that Mary received from her cousin Elizabeth a deep consolation in the Spirit. Now, sometimes we think of consolation as a consolation prize, right? It's what you get when you don't get what you were hoping (laughs) that you would get, you know? Uh, But consolation, it it is that. It's it's comfort given when you have suffered something or lost something. And, and, And I even think like, well, why would I say Mary's being consoled by Elizabeth when it seems like the best thing that could ever happen is happening to them. The best thing that could ever happen to anybody is happening to them. And the reason is, even though Mary was gaining a son, gaining a calling, and gaining a legacy, she was also very certainly losing. She was losing her childhood, losing her engagement, losing her reputation. Maybe she thought losing Joseph at this time, losing safety, losing physical comfort, losing approval, losing the expectation she had for her life, and ultimately, guys, losing Jesus. A part of Mary's gaining Jesus, she knew almost from the get-go would be a losing him. And there's a part of being a mother that only mothers can understand, and it's why I will not venture an explanation of what was happening between Elizabeth and Mary, but I will point out that when Mary got the news that her life was changing in this way, she went and talked to someone who would understand. And she was consoled. But the best consolation is the consolation of the Holy Spirit. One of my favorite uh, sort of mysterious verses in the Bible is in Psalm 42. The writer says this first about how he's doing. He says, my soul is downcast within me. Anybody relate to that? Just like sometimes just that your very even soul is down. Your insides are low. Well, he is saying, I'm not doing good. I'm not doing good at all. My soul is downcast within me. But then the next verse, Psalm 42, says this. Hang with me. It says, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. It's a mysterious verse. What? You were talking about you're not feeling good, you're depressed or whatever, and now you're talking about waterfalls. But we hear what's being said here, right? The deep parts of God, the deep parts of the Holy Spirit can call out to the deep parts of our spirit. Deep unto deep, deep calls to deep. The Spirit consoles the deep parts of our hearts. I've seen it in ICUs. I've seen it in funeral homes. I've seen it in this worship space more times than I can count where we can't really put to words what the Spirit is doing, but we are receiving consolation. 
I'll take that consolation prize any day, right? Life's hard, but the Spirit is consoling us. Many of you have heard uh, me talk about and us grieve together the loss of Zadie Rubio, a young girl in our church who passed away in the spring. And her death broke our hearts. When a church loses a child, it breaks the heart of the church. And Daniel and Sherry, Zadie's parents, um, recently shared with me that they converted Zadie's bedroom into a prayer room. And they shared with me this picture just last night. I didn't know that I would have this to share with you. And it's a place they go and kneel and pray to God as they miss their daughter terribly. Daniel and Sherry are grieving parents, but they are also being deeply consoled by the Holy Spirit. They, like Mary, would lose their child, like many of you in this room. But that for Daniel and Sherry or Mary is not the end of the story that started with a baby in the womb. The Spirit is giving them consolation, and the Holy Spirit is the only one who can give that consolation. I ask you today, where are you needing consolation? Meaning, where have you lost or know you're going to lose soon? Did you know that the Spirit can speak to you deep unto deep in a way that I can't, or even the person sitting next to you cannot, but the Spirit of God can connect with your spirit in a deep way? The story of Mary and Elizabeth culminates with a wonderfully surprising moment that is exemplified by a six-month-old baby in the womb jumping so demonstrably in his mother's womb that she feels it. The story culminates with this crazy jumping for joy. Baby John the Baptist, who is Elizabeth's son, is moved by the Spirit to literally move, to kick his feet, to, to leap for joy inside, to skip like a lamb, the translator Eugene Peterson says. Guys, that's deep unto deep to get a little baby's attention. The mother is overwhelmed with the Spirit and the babies. I don't know what he's doing in there, but he's, he's moving around. Babies in the womb carried by their mothers in scary times, finding joy. How? Through God. And when God's promises meet with another one of God's promises, there is always joy. Mary and Elizabeth show us what it's like to carry around the promises of God ourselves. It's really cool to carry a promise from God. I remember when I was 18 and I felt like God shared a promise with me and he said, I, I, almost like God whispered to me, I'm calling you to be a pastor. And I was like, okay, thanks, that's great. You know, It was a cool to carry a promise from God, but it was something much different when that promise began to meet other promises that had been given to God's people. When a promise from God gets in the presence of another person who carries a promise from God, get ready for jumping for joy. <laughs> you know, no turning back. Get ready for, for Jesus in your life. And that's why the church is such a deep experience or can be. Each of us comes in here, each of you, carrying a promise from God. Maybe one you've never shared with anyone. Maybe one you don't even know you're carrying. But when it reaches our presence as co-carriers of God's promises, there is joy. There is joy. There's joy in darkness. There's joy in tough times. There's joy even in receiving news that you didn't want to receive. How? Through the convincing and the confirming and the consoling power of the Holy Spirit of God. One of the biggest disservices we can do in our spiritual life is to relegate the Holy Spirit of God to the holy pages of scripture and say, just stay there and never embrace the spirit ourselves. 
Mary and Elizabeth give us this wonderful story. They didn't know they'd be teaching us today, but what they did do is they opened up their lives and their hearts to God. It ended up being God inside of them, God's promises working inside of them. And Mary didn't waste a minute to get in the presence of somebody else who could help her in that time. And so I just commend you for coming to church today and getting in the presence of God and in the presence of a bunch of other people who are carrying God's promises. And I hope, even if you're going through a dark time, even if your soul is downcast, I hope, uh, I believe that you can experience joy. And so what I want to do as uh, as your pastor is just pray over you for a few moments in the spirit, okay? So if you'll allow me to just pray over you in the spirit. God, I pray that you would, through your spirit, convince uh, the hearts in this room that need convincing of, of something. Maybe even right now you're doing a convincing work to say to someone, yes, that was true. Or, or maybe someone who's felt so alone and, and you're convincing them you're not alone. Help us to be open. Help us to listen, God. I pray that, that you would be a confirming spirit in these moments, God, confirming to people maybe callings upon their lives or direction they're supposed to go. Move amongst us as a church. Maybe somebody else in this room is supposed to talk to somebody else in this room and, and give a word of confirmation, a spiritual word of confirmation. And Holy Spirit, would you come and, and console our hearts? We would admit that we are downcast this week that our heads hung low at different times. Would you come and, and console us? Speak to us deep unto deep. Holy Spirit. And finally, God, give to us joy. Joy in this moment, in this time in our life. People may look back at this time in history and say, that was a dark time. That was a difficult time for those particular people. But the people of God still had joy. So encourage our hearts, God. Let us walk out of here a little bit lighter today, our heads up, light in our eyes, experiencing the joy that comes knowing you.